0: Still going, obviously, in our nurseries through the door and to the right, but your children are always welcome with you here in the sanctuary of Grace Baptist Church. Turn in your Bible to the book of Mark, to the gospel of Mark. We're starting a a short little sermon series that we're calling Begin Again. Begin Again. In our main text this morning, what you'll find is that Jesus is interacting with children. Now, I don't know if you've picked up on it, but around here at Grace Baptist Church, we love children. Uh, we value children, and and we pour a lot of prayer and resources and time and energy uh, to minister to children, uh, and to students. Why is that? Because Jesus loves children, and so we do too. Jesus prioritized children, and so do we. You know, there were uh, in this scene that we see here in the Gospel of Mark, there were a lot of parents that were bringing their children uh, to Jesus, right? And to, for him to touch them or to bless them or, or whatever it was. And the disciples didn't like it because Jesus is an important man and he don't have time for these chillings. Amen. He doesn't have time for these children. Uh, don't bother our rabbi. He's the son of God. He is too busy, right? He is too busy too much to do and too important to be bothered with your children. Well, Jesus didn't like that at all. Not one little bit. Look what he said right here in Mark chapter 10. And well, actually, we we'll are going to start in verse 14. Go up to verse 14. He says, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. Now, I don't know about you, but that can't be good when Jesus is greatly displeased. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for uh, of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. You receive the kingdom of God like a child. Jesus was implying that you must have a simple childlike faith, right? And trust in God to be uh, saved, to have a relationship with Him. And let me tell you something that children understand intuitively. I believe that children understand this universally, that almost all children start out With the con, well, look at this next slide. They understand the goodness of God, right? Most children, you don't have to teach them about the goodness of God unless, and, and scripture's clear again, unless you have faith like a child, you can't experience all that God wants you to experience. But children naturally believe that God is for them, children naturally believe that God is good. But somehow, for those of us who have grown up a little bit, and Alicia might debate about how much I've grown up. Amen. But for some of us who have matured a little bit, we might've forgotten about the goodness of God and whether or not God is for us. But children, I think universally, and especially if they're raised in a good Christian home, we teach them, if, if a child is brought up in a good Christian home, we teach them songs like what? Jesus loves me. This I know. What? For the yeah. Okay. And um, and so I'm, I'm kidding. And uh, but they believe that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. A simple, childlike faith, and, and and so they just know. A child knows. My God is good. My God loves me, right? And my God is for me. They just understand that intuitively, and they have this faith. And maybe it lasts for years and years and years. Maybe it never goes away, but often it does. And maybe it's something simple, as simple as an unanswered prayer, right? God, I prayed for, you know, a new whatever for Christmas and I didn't get it. So God, you don't love me and you're not for me and you're not that great, right? It could be something simple. It could be something more difficult in the life of a child. It could be their parents are fighting all the time and they just simply pray, God, you know, my mom and my dad are fighting. Oh, Lord, just help my parents not to fight all the time. And then they get divorced, and then it just breaks the ch- child's heart. And they just, God, I thought you was for me. I thought you answered prayers. I thought that you heard me. I thought that you loved me. So why is this happening uh, to me, right? I and mean, be things like that could cause a child to question whether where they are with God, or just imagine that a child, uh, more than anything, right, wants a puppy, wants a dog. Now listen, I'm talking about a Christian child because every Christian child would want a Dog and every un Christian child would want a cat. Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah, come on. Come on. And so, (laughs) listen. Listen, and this little Christian child wants a dog. (laughs) And uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, well, I almost said I'm kidding, but I'm not. All right, so, uh, no, I am kidding. But, um, and wants a dog, and he gets the dog, and he's the bestest, goodest boy ever in the history of the world. And he sits and he rolls over, he plays dead, he's the best friend a a little Christian boy could ever want, a little girl could ever want. And then one day, that bestest little boy in the whole world runs out in the road and gets run over by a car and dies. Right, You can see how a child could think, God, I thought you were for me. I thought you loved me. Why did you take my bestest little friend away from me? Right, And so sometimes things in life just kind of happen. And maybe not even as a child. Maybe you made it into your adult years. And you believed in the goodness of God, that God loves you, that God's for you, and God is good. But then you turn around one day and things aren't like you thought they would be. Things haven't happened like you thought they would turn out. And you look around and you see everything and you think to yourself, God, where are you? I thought you loved me. And I thought you were good. And I thought that you were for me. But it doesn't look like it and I don't see it. God, where are you? I guess you really aren't that good after all And the reality is that might be where many of you are now you won't say it. I'm saying it for you You wouldn't admit it But that might just be where many of you are this morning. God, where are you? I thought you were good I thought that you loved me The truth is many of you this morning. Maybe look at this next slide You don't really know. You really don't know if God loves you or that he is for you. For you. You don't know. And what you really need more than anything else this morning, our series title, you need to begin again. Simple, childlike faith that God is good, that God loves you, and that God is for you. You need to start over to begin again to get back to that childlike faith. So what I want to do this morning, just through some passages of Scripture that we're all familiar with, I want to show you in God's Word that God is for you, that God loves you, and that He is good. And then I want to show you how believing that truth, how believing that reality can change your life, and how it can change how you see everything, because when you believe that God is good, And that he loves you and that he is for you, it makes a huge difference in how you live and how you interpret everything that comes into your life. Look at this verse, Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Look at it. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, I believe with all my heart that God, our good God has plans for your life. Not perfect plans, right? Not where everything is easy not where nothing is hard not pain-free plans but god has a purpose and a plan for your life god has a future for you and god has a hope that you can cling to and be secure in because he loves you and he is a good god and he is for you romans chapter 8 verse 31 says what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who can be against us? Say that underlined part with me on the count of three. One, two, three. If God is for us, who can be against us? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He who, Look at verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? When you realize that our God is good, that he is for you and that he loves you, it changes the way that you look at Life Again, look at this next slide. Now, if God is for you, who can be against you? Our God has plans to bless you and to prosper you according to God's word. Now, listen, his blessings may not look like what you think blessings need to be look, look like. His, his plans to prosper you, that may not be prosperity in the way that you think it. But our God has plans for you. If God's for you, who can be against you? Matter of fact, on the count of three, look at the person next to you and say, I want you to say, God is For me. But say it quicker than that, okay? We don't have all day. So to count three, one, two, three, look at them. God is for me. A lot of y'all are pretending. You're lip syncing like you do when Scott sings up here, amen? No sound, blah, 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 blah. God is for me. Now, the truth is, when we just did that just now, uh, you felt like a fake. Some of you felt like a phony because you don't believe it. You don't believe that God is for you. Why, man? I say, because you've done dirt and you've done it on purpose. You've hurt people and you've been hurt. You're damaged goods in your own eyes in some sense. And you don't really believe that God is for you. And maybe you think, how could God be for me? Well, he gave you his son to prove to you that he's for you. If God is for you, who can be against you? And just saying God is for me makes you feel like a hypocrite. You need to begin again with a simple, childlike faith. God is good, he loves you, and he is for you. So what does that look like? When we know that God is for us, number one, write this down, we know we don't have to hide anymore. We don't have to hide anymore. We don't run away from God, we run to God, right? Unfortunately, when you don't trust God, what, what happens is your nature is to try to get away from God and to hide from God when you do wrong, when you sin, right? When you do that dirt and you do it on purpose. It's just like Adam and Eve when they ate that fruit in the garden and then they realized they were naked and they tried to cover themselves and they hid from God as if that would actually work. And God called out to Adam. He said, where are you, Adam? Now, not that God knew where Adam was. It's made sure Adam knew where he was. Look at how Adam replied in Genesis 3, verse 10 in your notes. Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Do you know why some people aren't with us right now in this sanctuary, worshiping Jesus right now? Because they're afraid, and they're hiding. Why? Because they don't believe that God is for them. They don't recognize the goodness of God or the nature of God. So when they do wrong, what they do is they separate themselves from God. They distance themselves from God almost in an effort to convince themselves that they are right. It's like your kids at Halloween, right? Your Halloween candy. Now, I'm sure most of you are good parents and you did not bring that big bag of uh, candy straight home, uh, right, from Halloween and let them eat it all in one setting, right? Because that's what you'd pay for in Two ways, behavior and the bathroom, amen? And so, being a good mom and dad, you ration that out, right? You can have some. And, and if, imagine your child snuck in there and ate all of the Reese's peanut butter cups because those are the good parts. And so, they stole all the Reese's peanut butter cups and they hear you coming. They got chocolate all over their face and they jump and they hide behind the curtain in their bedroom and you see their little feet sticking out. <laughs> now, can they really hide from you? No. That's what it looks like when we try to hide from God. And and The reason why we do that is we become disconnected. We're not sure that God is for us and that he loves us and that he is good. We become convinced that his love is based on our performance and it's not. It's, oh my goodness, I don't want to get caught. I'm not sure where I stand. I really can't deal with this issue right now. So we think we can hide from God. But when you realize that you've been adopted into the family of God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary, that you are God's son, that you are God's daughter, that he loves you unconditionally, you won't hide because he is for you. He doesn't just love you. He is for you. Why would he waste his precious son for you if he was going to be against you? He's for you. He has plans for your life, plans to prosper you. He has a hope and a future for your life. Now, it may not look like what you want it to look like. But he didn't do all that just so now he can play some kind of cosmic game with your life and be against you. No, God is good. And he loves you. And he's for you. Some of you right now, you've been hiding from God. You may not realize it. Here's what it looks like. You've kind of disconnected yourself from church. You're not really plugged into church. You've created some distance between you and church, or you've disconnected from God's word, or you're you're feeling bad about yourself, so you're not talking to God anymore. You don't acknowledge God in your life. The reality is, in your own way, you've been hiding, but when you realize he is for you and he's not against you, you'll run to him instead of hiding from him. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. When you realize God is for you, you don't hide from him. He sees you. Your little toes are sticking out from under the curtain. He sees you and he loves you. and He's for you. and He is good. When we know that God is for us, number two, write this down. We don't try to earn it anymore. We stopped trying to earn it. That doesn't mean we do, we're just bad people. That's not what I'm saying. It means I don't live for God's approval. I live from God's approval. And this is a game changer. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When you were the worst that you've ever been in your life, Jesus died for you. And so now you think that you can somehow be good enough? You never were. You never have been. And you never will be good enough to deserve the sacrifice of Jesus. Our God is good. He loves you. And he's for you. And he's done everything that he can to show you that he loves you. Long before you ever did anything right, he loved you. And he died for you. You're just out there running around sinning against God. Christ died for us. He was so much for us and he loved us so much when we didn't deserve anything from him. He showed us the truth that he loved us by going to Calvary, by going to the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. It shows anytime I'm tempted to think about whether or not God loves me or not, all I've got to do is go to the cross, man. To the cross. It shows us that he loves us. It shows us how much God loves us so those of you that you kind of walk around, you think, well, if I do some good stuff, God will love me more. And oh, no, I messed up. I bet God hates me so much right now. But I helped a little old lady cross the street, so I bet God loves me again. If you're even tempted to think like that, look at this next slide. When you realize that God is for you, you don't live for his approval, you live from his approval. What does that mean? It means I no longer strive to earn the love of God. I've been accepted in him through Christ Jesus. He loves me, I've been adopted into the family. I am his child, he is my heavenly father. That relationship is secure. So what happens is I no longer strive and strain to try to somehow earn his approval or earn his love because his love is unmerited, right? I mean, it's not merit-based. It's not based on how good I am. it means that because he loves me with this overwhelming, incredible, amazing love and grace of God, that my response to that is to desire to live a life that is pleasing to him from a place of relationship and not a place of drudgery and debt. It's love. Our God is good and he loves you and he is for you. And when you know that, you can run to him, and you don't have to hide anymore. And you can stop trying to earn what he's already freely given you through his son. When you realize that God is for you, you don't live for his approval, you live from it. Completely different posture. Like a little child that recognizes that their parents love them, not based on what they do, but on who they are. I've got two children, Amber baby, Marcus baby, amen? And it was Alicia baby that gave them to me. And there's nothing that they can do to cut off the spigot of my love. They don't have access to that. Now, they better act right. Amen. Come on. But there's nothing that they don't have access, (laughs) right, to the spigot of my love. They can't turn it off. They didn't turn it on. There was nothing they could do. The day Amber Baby was born, those blue eyes looking up at me—that she didn't do anything to earn my love. It was just there, and there's nothing she could do. There's nothing Marcus could do to turn it off. There's nothing that I could do to earn God's love. It's just there, and just like I couldn't earn it, I could not somehow earn right standing before God. Just like I couldn't turn that spigot on, I can't turn it off either, no matter what I do. It doesn't matter. He loves me unconditionally, so I don't have to hide from him. And I recognize that I no longer have to strive for the approval of my heavenly Father, who has already approved me through Christ Jesus, but from my relationship with him, because I love him. He's a good, good Father. I desire to please him. Now, number three, write this down. When we know that God is for us, we don't fear the future. We don't fear the future. When you realize that God is for you, you won't fear what happens to you because you know that God is working in you. And you recognize that what happens to you is just a small part. That what's happening in you is the big part. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that all things, say all things, things. work together for good to those who love God, uh, to those who are called according to his purpose. How many? I mean, just everything we serve. God, and not that the things are good. Those aren't. It doesn't say all the good things work for good. It doesn't say all the all right things work for good. All things, everything, well, God will work out for good. It doesn't mean that the thing is good. Hello, the thing usually isn't good, is it? But He's going to work good from it. Philippians two thirteen says this: For it is God who works. In you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. When you realize that God is for you, you don't freak out when something bad happens to you. You realize that God is working in you to bring about something good. And then many times we want to serve God in some kind of a big, big way, right? God, I want you to do a big work you know, in my life and I want, I I want to somehow some big thing or some destination. You're not where you're at. It's not where you're at. You desire to be somewhere else and you're, you're always living for that next thing, that next spiritual high or that next destination or that next big platform, that next big opportunity. God, I just get me there. And let me tell you what happen when you get there. you realize that God has been working in you. See, God has to work in you before he can do anything through you. And then once you get to this destination that somehow you thought this is always where I wanted to end up, then you arrive and you realize the work that God did in you was more valuable than anything that was waiting on you when you arrived at the destination. That God is working in you before he can do anything through you. And it's the in you part that is valuable that will absolutely change your life. Look at this next slide. God is actually working in you so that he can do something through you. And you can trust that no matter what bad thing comes along, all things, that God is going to be working in you. And when God is working in you, then there will be an opportunity for him to work through you. And God can do beautiful things in you way before he begins to do anything through you. And understand this, if God is for you, who can be against you? There's nobody, there's nothing that can stand against the purposes and the promises of God. God, God's word says it, but we don't really believe it. If you're facing something right now that you don't want to face, look at this next slide. God was with you yesterday. He's going to be with you tomorrow. Tomorrow. And you know it if you've been with the Lord any amount of time at all, you can look back on those things you never would have asked for, that you never wanted, that you never wish on anybody, the things that you almost wish you could forget. But with a little time and a little perspective, you're able to look back at those things and you recognize that it was in those things that you're leaning on God the most. That you're trusting God the most. He got you through the valley. You didn't get through that. He got you through that. God was with you then. He'll be with you now. And he'll be with you tomorrow. Let me tell you something I know for a fact. If there's anything in you right now. If there's anything in you at all that's strong. If you have any real character about you. Real character. If you have any semblance of deep, deep faith. In your life. At all. If there's any resolve. If there's any backbone to you. That's rooted and grounded in the truth of Jesus Christ. None of that came through the good times. None of it. None of it. All of of it came through the difficult. The hard. Right? The all things. That God God, are you going to turn this into good? The all things. The things we wouldn't ask for. The things we didn't want. It was in those things where you became strong. It was in those things where your character became real. It was in those things that your faith actually went deep. It was in those things that you developed this resolve and this background that's grounded and rooted in the truth of Jesus Christ. It was in those things. Why? Because God was working in you way before he could ever work through you. God is going to bring about good. Your good God is for you and working in you to bring about good things. Why? Because you love him. And you're called according to his purposes. I hope, somebody this, I hope somebody needs to be encouraged this morning and realize that God is good. And God loves you. And God is for you. It's like that song that we sing. Because he lives. Right? We can face tomorrow. Because we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. We can trust him. He was with us yesterday. He's going to be with us today. And he's going to be with us tomorrow. And because he lives, all fear is gone. I don't have to be afraid. If God is for me, who can be against me? Because you know he holds the future. And life is is worth the living just because he lives. Jesus loves me. This I know. Why? Why? For the Bible tells me so. Do you believe that? With a childlike faith, that your God is good, that he is for you, and that he loves you. If not, if you're a believer here, you need to begin again. And if you're not a believer, it's that God, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, that you need to trust right now like a child. Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful for Your Word. We're so grateful for Jesus. God, I just pray and ask You to forgive us, Lord. Any time when we live life like we don't believe You, Lord, help us, encourage us, strengthen us in Your Word. Help us to not only love You but to believe You and to trust You in all things. Listen, guys, every head bowed, every eye closed. Be respectful. No looking around. Pray for your neighbor. I know that many of you, you're you're a believer, you're saved, you know that you're saved and all of that. That's who I'm speaking to right now. You know that you're saved, but some of you are facing significant, (sighs) hard times, man. Trials, situations, just stress, difficulties. And some of you, if I was just being honest, everything's okay. Everything's kind of okay, and that's all right too. Everything's okay. But in your heart, there's just something in you that's not okay. Something has shifted. Something has changed in your walk with the Lord. Right, it didn't even, when you said God is for me, you felt a little bit like a hypocrite. Because you're not really sure. You've not felt that way in a long, long time. You recognize that God is for you. That God loves you, that our God is good. So, this morning, what you need to feel and believe deep down in your heart, you need to begin again and know that God is good. And He's bringing about goodness in your life. For all of you that are saved, is that your prayer this morning? You want to believe? God, help me to believe again. Help me to believe again in your goodness. God, I want to believe again that you're for me, that you're good, and that you love me. Will you slip your hand up all over the congregation? I want to pray for all of us all over, all over, all over. Let's pray. Father, I just, I lift all of these individuals up. Lord, I lift all of us up. Lord, remind us of your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you administer to our hearts. God, strengthen us where we need your strength. Lord, we're grateful that even in the middle of difficulties and stresses and trials, that you never leave us alone. That you're a good God and you're working in everything and we can't see it and we don't understand it. But Lord, we know that you have the final say. Lord, we're so grateful for everything that you've gotten us through till now. And God, give us the strength and the faith to see your goodness for tomorrow. Already, before we get there, Lord, help us to see your goodness tomorrow. Lord, I just pray that you would build up your people's faith, and we would trust you like a child, simply. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed just a moment. Those of you here this morning, you don't know that you're saved, man. You don't know. You don't know. And the truth is you came in this morning and maybe you had some doubts about, is God good? Is God really for me? Does God love me? And he does. And he's done everything necessary for you to believe that and to understand that. But maybe you feel like there's something in between you and God this morning, and there is. It's called sin. You were born with a sin nature. You're a sinner by choice and you're a sinner by nature. Our sin separates us from a perfect, holy, righteous God. And while our sin separates us, God did something for us so that He could bridge that gulf between you and Him so that you could come to Him and truly be forgiven and redeemed and saved. Look up for just a second. There's there's so much that God has done for us But for those of you here this morning, you don't know that you're saved. You don't know that you're redeemed. And maybe you have complex questions. Right? Deep theological doubts. Jesus says you have to come like a child. Look at this next slide. Look at this next verse. You've seen this verse a million times. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Brother Marcus, is it really that simple? Yep. It's that simple. It's that simple. What does it mean to believe in him? It means you believe who he was. He was the the son of God. You believe that he went to the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection. That he died for your sins. That God accepted uh, his sacrifice for your salvation. And that he was resurrected on the third day. A dead Christ can't save anybody. That he was resurrected on the third day. You put your faith and trust in Christ, the Son of God, his death, burial, and resurrection, and he will save you. That's what it means. For God so loved the world. World, that's a big word. Why don't you put your name in there? For God so loved Marcus, me, and you. In God's word, over and over again, he assures us that he is good. That he loves us. And that he is for us. What kind of sense would it make for him to send his son to die on a brutal Roman cross if he's against you? He's for you. And this morning, if you don't know him, he wants you to receive him as Lord and Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is that what you need this morning? With a childlike faith. Let's pray one more time. You're here right now, man. This is why God brought you here this morning. This is the moment that you're here for. You know that you need to pray to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You need to believe on Him. With a childlike faith, set whatever questions and and lack of understanding you may have aside, but with a childlike faith, understanding that God is good, that God loves you, and that He's for you. And he is so for you that he sent his perfect son to be that perfect sacrifice, to pay that price you could never pay. And to prove that God accepted that sacrifice, he resurrected him on the third day. Have you trusted him? Do you know him? Listen, every head bowed, every For just a moment. Those of you here this morning, you know right now, I need to pray to receive Jesus Christ. I need to be forgiven. I need to be saved. I need to step out in childlike faith. I want to pray with you. I just want the privilege of praying with you. And so if you're here right now, you want to pray to receive Christ. And I promise you, we're not going to, I will not single you out. I will not drag you forward. We will not embarrass you in any way. That's not what we do. But I want to encourage you. If you want to pray to receive Jesus Christ right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking. Would you slip your hand up right now? Right when you sit I'm going to pray with God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Who else in the back? Listen, those of you who just, you just raised your hand. You want to receive Christ in childlike faith. I want to lead you in this prayer. It's not this prayer. It's not a password. It's not a code. It's, it's just you humbling yourself before God and talking to God. Talk to God right now. And maybe you could say something like this. Just say, Father, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I sin. I've done so many things wrong. But Lord, I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, based on your death, burial, and resurrection, I'm trusting you. All of you. I surrender all of me. Your sacrifice for my salvation. Save me, Jesus. Tell us the Lord like, like a child. Save me, Jesus. I want to encourage you. Scripture's clear. It says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Did you call on them? I want to encourage you to make that decision public. The first thing that Christ asked, maybe you've prayed that prayer this morning. Maybe you've prayed some other point and asked Christ to save you. The first step that Christ asks us to do as believers is to follow through in believer's baptism. Have you done that? You need to do it. Why don't you come this morning and we'll pray with you. We'll schedule that time for you and we'll rejoice with you. Maybe you're here this morning and your baptism and your salvation are in the right order. You get saved, then you get baptized. That's the order we see in scripture. Do you need to get that in the right order? You got saved at some point and then later on, I mean, you got baptized at some point and then later on you recognize that... You weren't truly saved. You need to get that in the right order and have a clean conscience before God. Maybe you're here this morning and God has called you to be a part of the Grace Baptist family. Grace Baptist Church is your church home. You know it. God has confirmed it. And it's time to make it official, to put on the jersey, to be a part of the team right here at Grace, to serve God right here at Grace, our good God. He deserves it. If he's calling, you come. Or whatever it is, you need to do business with God during this invitation. I want to encourage you. Do business with God. Don't run don't run away. Don't hide from God. Bring it to Jesus. Our God is good. He loves you and He's for you. Father God, we surrender this invitation to you. We love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? You come. God send His Son They called him.